This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. So on this episode, I'm joined by two wonderful human beings, my favorite set of brothers, two Leicester, England and British and Irish legends. It's the wonderful, the legendary Tom and Ben Youngs. Give Big Jim is wearing his heels, marching around the town to get some thrills. But it's time to go in now, and he's big and red. A shot of black coffee, now he's super dead. He gets loud, I'm a big house. I showed him lots of whiskey, and he shoots like a mouse. Lads, welcome to London. Cheers, Jim. Nosebleeds. Yeah. Tom. It's not easy for me, Jim. No. I've seen more people in the last hour than I have in about two months in Norfolk. Like, just the volume of people is just crazy. I know things are going off down here, but it is just a different world. Yeah, it is a different, different world. world. Yeah. Ben, you feel like you seem like you're more used and relaxed to this busy rock and roll life in London. <laughs> I don't mind it, Jim. It's an easy, easy train down from Leicester with Mark Harbour, actually. 52 minutes. I'm here. Go across. Get my suit sorted. Come back. Get to the studio. What a lovely setting, Jim. It's lovely. Well, it is Tim Flutes. Nice, Let's mate. talk about that first because people might be sick of listening to me, so they might not even get through to the end of the podcast. We've got a testimonial tonight, lads. <laughs> not just any testimonial. Yeah. yeah. We got your testimonial. It's on. So my suit is rolled up in the bag <laughs> over there. Yours is getting tailored. Can yeah. you go in farmer style review? No, got I've got one. It's not Tim in the best Flutes. shape though, but there we go. Missing a button. So you can't worry about things like that too much, Jim. Just nah, you know, well, as long as you're there. It's not about you, is it? No, no it's not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not saying we're not centre stage at all, so it's just fine. Just walk in and crack on. How are you about being centre stage? Young to Ben. Ben, Youngsy, Youngsy. Ben. Lenny will be fine. Yeah, Lenny, right. Yeah, we were talking off air, yeah. and you said it feels weird that it's your testimony, and it's rightly so. The amount of testimonials I've been to that you lads have always been to and turned up, whether it be during England time, generally a lot of the events happen around then as well. How does it feel being centre attention, Lenny? Strange, mate. We sat down three years ago or so now and said, right, you know, should we do a testimonial? We knew that Tom was sort of had an idea when he was going to finish. Obviously that changed, but he knew an idea when he was going to finish. I knew how long I was going to be at the club. And we sat down and we decided, like, let, let's do it. And the, the club agreed that they'd gift us one and sort of got everyone together. And then three years later, we're finally here, mate. It's, just, it's been a long process, but having gone to so many other people's sort of events and then to finally have one that's for you, it's great. It's lovely. It's because I think that you don't see as many people potentially staying at a club for so long. I think you still do a little bit. Like there's a lot of group of that Saris group that have, that will definitely be there for ten years of service and stuff. And I look at some of the young lads at Leicester that will probably be there for ten years or so. But I don't think they're as as often as they once were. So I think that's a compliment to 
to probably a bit of longevity at the club and just sort of staying where we've always been. Yeah. And what about you, Tom? The lights are going to be on you for the next few weeks. And I know, you know, there's been a lot out there and we can maybe touch on the past yeah. kind of few months in terms of a spotlight, you know, social media, media. Yeah. But how are you in this kind of setting? Because you are sitting on the tractor now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just been weird because I have been, you know, you go back to Norfolk and you're retired and you're, you're not the rugby player anymore. You're the farmer. And I, I equally love that just as much. So it's quite weird to dip back in now. And it's, it's a celebration of the careers myself and Ben have both had. And I think to have gone through what we've gone through the last three years it is a very nice sort of feeling to be have, have a night like this tonight you know people will be missed who we who have lost along the way but equally it's um still very nice to uh to have have the evening with friends and family many people have supported us along the way there uh, to, to celebrate our career but also raise money for some charities which are very close to our hearts yeah absolutely and and on that i don't know how far we want to touch on it tom but it's been a tough few months it's yeah. been a tough few years yeah people would have been across that because it kind of played out a little bit on the media the social media obviously Leicester and for all the right reasons obviously mm. to raise profile but you know you you seem now you've got a smile on your face you know you're back on the farm like how are things all right mate like you know you, it's all swings and roundabouts at times ultimately life's for living I think you can get caught in a real dark hole here. Doesn't mean you're not hurting or anything. Doesn't mean you're not playing with emotions deep down and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, life doesn't stop. It keeps going forward. And you've just got to keep trying to go with it a little bit. And there'll, there'll be big wins. There'll be small wins. There'll be losses. And you'll go take two steps back. On the whole, me and myself and Maisie are getting on well. Nine-week holiday is difficult. Very lucky to have family around me supporting me. Obviously, with the holidays, some holidays, busy with harvest. So I've been on a combine 16 hours a day, you know, doing that. It's amazing. Adapted really well to that and had sleepovers and then would come back to me a few nights. But on the whole, mate, we are we are moving forward. That might change next week. I might have a really bad week, stuff like that. And that's all right. That's that's okay. But at the moment, I feel excited about tonight. Good couple of weeks into it. Family have been outstanding. Ben, Charlotte. I can name so many absolutely wonderful at supporting me and keeping me going because it has been difficult, mate. It's been tough. And I'm, I'd like to think I'm a very resilient person. And my God, it's, it's testament times when you just want that conversation with someone or the loneliness at night is difficult at times. You know, put me to the bed, come downstairs, there's no one to talk to, mm. you know. And that is, that sounds pretty dark, but that is reality. You pick your phone up, have a chat with someone. But still, it, it, it's that sort of stuff, mate. But on the whole, I'm rebuilding. I feel like I'm going forward. The farm's a great thing for me to throw myself into and, and keep myself going. And also looking after the mental health side of things. And, and I'm an honest character. I feel like I will say if I'm not right and ask for help if I'm not right. And I've done that over, over the course of the last three, three or four months. So, yeah, it's, it's been tough, but we're rebuilding, mate, is how I'd put it. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing that. You mentioned family and friends. You've had your brother alongside you, obviously, your whole life. Yeah. But over the last few years, it's it's been out there how much of a support he's been, and you know you've missed you know certain tournaments and competitions along the way. But you two have always been. I always remember you know years ago how tight you were as brothers, which not yeah. always is the case. No, it's mm. not, and we are very tight as as brothers. Extreme, we're very different in in characters. I think that probably helps as well, doesn't yeah. it? Like we, I love farming. You don't really love it at all. But he loves just, London. He loves London. We're just different. <laughs> But that's good, Jim, isn't it? Because then equally you get on well because you're not down the same path and like that. You've achieved things together. You understand things, professional world. You know, you, I definitely miss that day-to-day -day of seeing you every day. No doubt that is weird and that takes adjustment. It's been a year now probably since I have left yep. Leicester. It takes adjustment that. 
and there's other people there, but you know, really, you miss your brother, seeing him day to day. He knows when you're not good. You know when he's not good, and you can pick each other up. So no farming for you, Lenny. On no the mate, future, no, on the <laughs> safe horizon. hands, no. safe hands with Tom. Just never, never fell in love with it, mate. No, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it's like picking weedy beet when it's like horrible and wet. Not hard enough is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting my hat like freezing hands. I'm doing spuds, doing the potato yeah. grading. Yeah. I, d- I don't know what put me off, Jim. I can't possibly work <laughs> yeah. it out, mate. Well, if you looked at the way you two play rugby, it's very different, <laughs> albeit very good in your own way. What was it like growing up as, as brothers? Like you both mate, obviously I'll... made it to the very top of the top. How was it? Do you know what? Like I'm sure that a lot of people will say that they had a really great upbringing and when we were we were we, we did have we had the freedom of a farm and what i mean by that is you had freedom to roam you had freedom to go in the woods and start building stuff and chopping stuff down and dad used to get the old banger cuts basically the old garage used to cost more money for them to take him to the skip and get rid of them scrapyard scrapyard yeah skip, skip yeah <laughs> wouldn't fit one Farmer, in the skip mind you, jimmy, <laughs> mind, you, mind you jimmy the jeep might have fit might have. yeah might but, have um, yeah so dad would take off the, the local garage and then we'd whip around that on the farm we were never allowed two only one only one because two would Two and ultimately ended up in racing. Of course, which would be a bad collisions. Yeah, collisions. Or but yeah. <laughs> you know, we had th- things like that, and I just remember just having so much freedom, especially in you know the holiday times. And we, we, we've got twenty-eight first cousins. We've got a huge support network with that. And I just remember you know growing up as a kid, I was often spent with them and um, always doing things. So uh, yeah, very lucky, mate. What but about in- wrestling? Like and fighting. I speak to Deeks, and he has there's this hierarchy in the Deacon family. Yeah, like, you've got Lou Deeks, who's the older brother of Brett, who. Brett says Lou's significantly harder than Brett. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, Brett, you're pretty hard. <laughs> I yeah, think they're yeah. both pretty hard. Apparently, yeah. da- apparently his dad, Paul's harder. Paul must be absolute nail gun. Highest arse crack you've ever seen. <laughs> he's got an arse crack halfway up his back. That's all I remember. Because I remember going around his house, he was playing with the dog. And I thought his trousers were that far down, I could see his nuts. But apparently it's just a high arse crack. So anyway, I don't know what <laughs> I'm saying. Different family that. members. Just, I know. Wait, talk of, is your... Uh... Still got your granny, the one that looks at ET. No, she's gone. Sorry oh, to hear no, that, Jim. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of them ages taking hold. So, but she know, did look like ET, didn't she? She was Chinese. That's the thing, because a lot of people, like, you know what, right? If you Google you me now, look the old finger up. We, we used to, me and my brother used to do ET. So, for reference, and for the people who listen to the podcast, right? As in, if you put my name on Google, I'll probably do it every day just to check there's nothing untoward there. Just make sure you get the hits. So Jim Hamilton fights. That's the number one. Jim yeah. Hamilton wife's another one. Yeah. Jim Hamilton podcast legend, another one. <laughs> and then underneath that, it's just Jim Hamilton. Is he Chinese? So people think I'm oh, taking really? the piss. Yeah. Now we're all talking about family. So people think I'm joking. So when you know we made some references during the pandemic saying China, because we followed Trump, who's an absolute idiot, and we started talking about different things. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, I mean, and Papa looks like E.T., you know, small. Why, Jimmy, why are you, why are you so big? That's yes. what she used to say. Yeah, yeah. Like, used to say why, that. Jimmy, why are you so big? <laughs> People think I'm taking the pesh, but I'm actually no, you're not. not. Yeah, no. I remember you telling me so, when we're in the dungeon in the old change rooms. Oh. Well, talking of families, let's just part this bit. Yeah. So growing up was obviously class. Like, yeah. You've got a good relationship. Your dad was a... Well, rugby legend back in the day, weren't he? he played oh, for I wouldn't England. Say, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say legend. legend. Well, but he said he was. I spoke it, to him. He said he was. <laughs> <laughs> he played. Yeah, look, do you know what? Dad's approach yeah, yeah, was so very much stand on the sidelines watching and not say anything. Mm. Not in a bad way, but he just wanted us to just enjoy it for what it was. He didn't want any... Not one of those parents that like, you know, dragging the son down there to go play because he wants to live his dream through him. You know what I mean? Which you see a little bit, which is very sad. He very much left it to us to enjoy. Mm. And if we found a love for it, great. He'd encourage us. And if we didn't, fine. Go go find something else that you might have a passion for. Very, very level-headed about stuff like that and incredibly encouraging and patient. So we're really lucky on that front. And like people always ask, oh, are you really competitive? Are you really... Like we actually, we're not. 
and we weren't. No. Never, I never remember being. Oh, I never remember. Tom. Well, that's smart by you. Yeah, then, I mean, I would get like, filled in. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, well, yeah, we're not that competitive. You know, <laughs> Tom's triple your size. Yeah, yeah. Smart, wise, wise. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Leicester, mm. we were talking again, just to reference off air, talking about the way that the game is now, mm. loyalty, professionalism mm. that's come in. But you lads, I know you've been on loan a couple of times mm. to the champ, but you've stood the test of time in professional rugby by staying at one club. So, Tom, with you first, mm. obviously, I was there at the yeah. start, you as young lads. <laughs> what an amazing club, and it's gone through its ups and downs, yeah. and you've been a part of that the whole time. But how fondly are your memories of Leicester as, as a young lad? Let's start off yeah, mate, back, I'm, in I'm, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day, Jim, we had a crack, didn't we? We had such mm. a great time. Great coaches. It was mad at times, though, wasn't it? You know, it would be the most hardest training you've ever done. I look back on that, and that's some of the hardest training I've ever done. Worked incredibly hard, but were very successful. And I guess when you get a, a sniff of that as a youngster and you see the older generation, like they just want to be like that. They just want to wear that Leicester shirt and be that sort of hard-nosed character, I guess. That's, for me, is what I loved. And, yeah, it's a club my dad played for, uh, but ultimately it's a club I absolutely love and adore. It, you know, it has ultimately made me the person I am today at the same time. Do you know what I mean? It's, that is such a massive part of my life. There was ups and downs in it, but... You forget about the downs a bit. I look at all the, the great times we had. And sometimes you've got to go through the bad times to appreciate the great times, but also to then get great times again. Wouldn't change it for the world. And and I think ultimately to be a one club man, I didn't set out to be that in my career, but the more I, I got to know, you know, into Leicester, the more I just didn't want to go anywhere and stayed there the whole time, which is something I don't regret one bit and, and loved it. Mm, because the story that's out there, and it's probably because I've spoken about it on the podcast with Goody, is we played when we were... Ben, I can't remember if I played with you. Did you play with me? You can't Second remember. Jim, absolutely played with you, Jim. Yeah, I don't remember Scrum Half, so yeah. who, are, you know, I should, who like London. You I remember, remember. our farmers. <laughs> absolutely. But I remember... I used you, to pass you the ball and then we'd have a Scrum, Jim. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I was all right back in the day when I was younger. I could catch, I could carry... No, I'm Not kidding, so I'm kidding. No, I do, yeah. 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 Actually, I remember um, I listened to it before one of the shows and uh, about the story coming back on the bus. Go on, and the old, the old sick bag. How good. How, how old were you how that good. day? Oh, you were about 15, 18? 16. I, 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 I must have been 18. I, I love how I say he was 15. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I don't want to get in trouble, but I must have been about 18. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, that. And then I remember we played an A-League game one time, and then we went out after on a Monday night. I remember you just dragging this plant pot with like, a, it was like a palm tree and a plant pot. It was like pot. O, uh, sorry, 04 or something. Yeah. Was it 04? Yeah, and you're dragging yeah. it across the dance floor trying to get out the exit. I've got no idea what it, you're doing. Well, we'd, we'd suffered with plant envy and there yeah. was no plant. You, that we needed, didn't have a lot of money. That needed to get home, yeah. mate. It needed to get of home. Of course. We were horrible back then. But no, Jim, I... Oh, uh, we were, weren't we? Disgrace, Jim. But no, I did. <laughs> I remember certain games and yeah. When did you go after the Freda? Did you go at the end I of that left, season? Yeah, I think I left after that season mm -hmm. where I got... Not surprised. Yeah. Like, was, that was hard. That, that, that was, that a, was hard the big season, point. That was think, a hard season. That was a hard season. I know Leicester after Lafreda have come good, but yes. that was the turning point when, when Dino went. Yeah. And there was obviously a load of changes, like Matt Williams came in, Lafreda was there. Yeah. I don't know who else has been in there. Uh, Heineken Mayer. Heineken Mayer came, yeah, came in. That's right. then, it, then it swung to Cockers. And then yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah. And he brought the old school back. Yeah. But as young lads in that environment, right, and... Tom, you mentioned it there with Jono and with Backy and the ABC club and that old school element. And you had Leicester and you had Wasps and there was this kind of rivalry mm. stuff then. You had the London lads versus the lads you used to like to scrap and drink and bring it all back together at the yeah. weekend. Like that foundations as a young lad because, mate, you're the highest capped men's 
English <laughs> rugby player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's fucking unbelievable when you actually think about that day on the bus for the people who haven't heard the story is we, it, was, it was the final that we lost in the European the Cup, European I think. There was, like, Jack Daniels was getting passed down, wasn't it? So you had to have a, sh- have a shot and then have one to the eye for oh, eyeball pull. Oh, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Even remember if that, you didn't Jim? want it. Even if you want it, no choice. The bus driver the bus driver to wanted to stop. Freddie Tualangi basically told him if he didn't, <laughs> if he stopped, he he'd to- chuck him in the boot and drive it back himself. <laughs> I just remember Henry Tualangi outside the sun. We thought it was a sunroof, but it was actually the emergency <laughs> exit that had been thrown off, smoking. And someone was like, Youngsy's about to be sick. He's about to be yeah. sick. And because I was a leader, because yeah. I was like second team captain, Absolutely I was like, well, I need slick. to deal with this. Yeah. Black bin bag, Jack Daniel was coming out your eyes, coming out your mouth. Yeah. Sorted. Mm. You thought, no, no problem. Chuck it out of the top, flipped over, straight over you. Yeah. Genius. Well, the details of it, the sick bag actually got caught on the arm of a chair. I mean, I was there, I was lucid, so I know. And we all got, we didn't know, like, if we knew back then that you were going to be one of the best players yeah, ever in the world, like, Crazy. we feel like we've been baptized. Do you know what I mean? Jim. By greatness. <laughs> It was mental, absolutely. Like the fighting and stuff like that. I know we're not condoning fighting. It's twenty twenty two, but it's different now, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, back then it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. Were you on that when we went to? No, you weren't when we went to Poland and we played touch rugby. No, I was gone that year. That was gone. That was the big one of the biggest punch ups we've ever had in touch rugby. Just we were only doing. I think Abo got pulled back or something. Then just it went. I feel for Abo and like that group, like even myself, because I took them skills, if you want to call them, to Gloucester (laughs) when I went there because. Cockers and Darren Garforth started that. We'd play touch in the warm-ups to training. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Garforth tried to touch Cockers, missed him, and then next thing they're arguing about who touched who. <laughs> and then they're nutting each other, yeah. square in the face. Like, absolutely barbaric. Mad. They basically, basically gave the skill sets yeah. for us to carry on. Being, like, so young in that in, in the group when I was first coming through, Cockers obviously dragged me out to put the ball in for scrums and, and line-outs, obviously Hazza and... Um, the others, Frankie Murph and all those boys would uh, would be in doing the gym and all that. So I'd have to go do that. And I'd be stood there like, what is going off? Like, what is going off? Julian White, yeah. Roundtree. <clears throat> I remember the old, uh, everyone remember this drill. They probably still do it on Sunday rugby. Cockers, he's developed since then. Since then. But like Hopefully. the old, you know, the old draw, draw parts against the shield, right? <laughs> I had to warm up with the fours because I was doing the units with you. Get this ball, Henry Tuolangi, biggest bloke in the world. Tall Ruffy lays it on his side, isn't he? Like, that's how yeah. wide he is. Oh, yeah. he's head. Best player yeah. I've ever played yeah. with. Get this ball, sort of see him think, I'm, you know, life flashed before my eyes. And he just stopped and ruffled me on the head and said, Don't worry. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Henry Tuolangi. <laughs> Scary. Whenever, when, but what a lovely man. Love every, every time. What a lovely man. Every, he wouldn't speak to me in the week, <laughs> even though I got on well with the Tuolangis. Every team run day, he'd come up to me. Shimbo's mum came into the game. Shimbo's mum. <laughs> he wanted to know if my mum was coming to the game. That's all he was asking every single time. Tom, I remember you as a young lad playing in the centre, and this is the story that I was going to get to a few minutes ago, of you playing in the centre. Was it a final where it's out there that you broke your leg and carried on playing? No, it was, get... it was, it was a London Irish. It was my Boxing first. day. Oh, the Boxing day. Details, yeah. but you broke your yeah. leg, right? Well, yeah, I might have hurt it, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true story then. Yeah. You were in the centre. It's what I remember, so just... Yeah. just to kind of lay the foundations. I remember, obviously, your brother coming through. Mm. Everyone was speaking about this talented young whippersnapper who's going yeah. to be in the London scene when he retires. But <laughs> what I wanted to know about, who's this hard lad playing in the centre, <laughs> which was you. And I remember you just being like a bull of a man. And then, yeah, I mean, details, yeah. but you mentioned that game and someone's like, oh, he's, he's broke his leg, but he's carrying on. And yeah. you literally keep going and going yeah. and going. Pain got a bit too much, so that was that. But yeah, no, yeah. It's, but Jim, that's the first game for the first team. 
people like Martin Corey saying, you know, you're right, kid. Yeah, you're, I'm fine, mate. I'm good. I'll keep going. You know, it's only four minutes into the game, so you're you're pumped up with adrenaline. You just try and keep going as long as you can, and then ultimately, yeah, it was it was too much to take, so I had to come off, which was bit gun-wrenching but yeah, yeah we'll edit that bit out yeah we'll just say yeah. that you stayed on oh i stayed on jim played two <laughs> games until i got x-rayed you know so yeah. but no but your transition from center to hooker yeah people would think would be seamless now mm. again because i had to go back through the archives i thought it was graham roundtree that wanted you to do that but it was heineken mayor heineken mayor said it and then obviously yeah work. he thought it might work and then Cockers then took it on from then on and, and wig was about then as well to help along but yeah i just ultimately i'd love the physicality of the game Centre was probably limited, you know, I wasn't uh, starstruck, I would have been a really good club man probably, straight up and down, and ultimately there was an opportunity and I thought, yeah, why not, let's give it a go, you know, crazy it is maybe, but I was lucky, I went to Nottingham, I had a lot of good people around me again who helped me along, Ravo, Slug. Yeah, he was in there, where you were sat there the yeah, other day. You know, and went off to Nottingham, away I went, you know, shocking. But you know, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Well, it was but the throwing, I, the throwing, mate. The, the scrummaging you picked up fairly quickly. Yeah, well, right? because you can just be aggressive in there. Well, you, can, you, you can learn the the technical bits to it. But if, if you're not scared and just throw yourself in there, you're going to come. You'll be all right, you know. And the throwing that was the you know throwing's always been the hardest thing to do for me through my rugby career. Went off to Nottingham. Not often you throw a ball and it lands in the opposition scrum half's hands, mate. But that, oh, that I've is... seen Greg Bateman do it yeah. against Treviso <laughs> away. Genuine. Yeah, I've got right, footage yeah. of it. It's absolutely genius. Yeah, but you just. You're like, Christ, I've got a long way to go here. To be fair, the Nottingham lads were absolutely class to me. Ralsey, Craig Hammond, you know, Ravo. Just, I applied myself to that club. as what I just want to get better and better and did that. And I wasn't the best, but I gave it everything and played every single minute for about two seasons and, and got myself in position to then come back to Leicester. I went on loan there and I'd come back and do my weights and all that sort of stuff. So I was working incredibly hard, but it's not something I was ever afraid of. I wanted to get there and I knew to get there, I'm going to have to, you don't just do that by not working, do you? You've got to apply yourself big time and go for it. Because as it accelerated and mm. we all felt it was the right decision back then yeah. and you know we ended up playing together and it was yeah. the old two-step lob and <laughs> you know, just get me up there, boss. <laughs> and then we'd go and then, yeah. it, then it kind of felt like it would work. Then you fast forward, Lenny, and I'm watching you two in the anthems for England, for the Lions. It's one of these things where I'm watching this and it blows my mind. And I know it's, you know, you need a load of things to happen. Tom and Max Evans, for example, I played mm, yep. with them. I used to look at them. You look at the Barrett boys for New Zealand. Yeah. I just find it mental how, in that point in time, two brothers, you know, could be stood there singing the anthem. And I find it emotional watching that unfold because I think how proud mm. families, parents, you know, your dad having stood there many years ago. Lenny, what's that like when you stood there? Like, have you had time to kind of sit back and think about how that feels? Definitely, mate. It's. You know, like words will never do it justice. And I know that people say it, but generally wouldn't. And it's a very emotional moment because I always think, and I don't know what you think, Jim, but the anthem's a bit you can actually enjoy. You know, the, you're warming up, you're in the change rooms, you know, guys are getting ready, doing their own thing, bit of pumped up, you go out. But when you run out and the anthem, bit, that's the one bit you actually kind of take it in, take in the stadium, the noise, the crowd, and then it's sort of into autopilot again. So that anthem and lining up next to Tom and knowing all the work that he'd done from essentially going through the academy being a center to then having to start again and give up not not knowing where he, he might end up and also your own journey like whatever it's just 
that moment, that isolated moment is just quite incredible. Really sort of, I find it very emotional. I'm quite an emotional person, but I find it quite a, it's quite a lump in your throat moment. And it's more the pride you have in Tom and Tom probably has the pride in me. And then knowing who's in the stadium watching, you know, your family. And it's just, it's wonderful, mate. And mm. we've done it. We achieved that. And we've got it for life. You got know what I mean? a picture on the wall. And what's it like, Tom? Is there a moment that you remember where you're stood there and you think, I mean, was it the Lions? I mean, no, or, I think the, the, England? the England, like, mate, it's just surreal for, for like me. It was just so, so accelerated and suddenly be stood there in the opportunity and, and standing with Ben, national anthem, experience all that. It, 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 it's something you never can be, it will never be taken away from you. And, you know, there's a moment when you sort of lean your head into me. And that, is, that was one of my favourite pictures of my career. It's just like, kind of like that we're here together, you know, and then you, as you say, you force forward to lines and all that. And it, some of it is a blur, mate, but it's just unbelievable to do it with a sibling and to have that whole experience. Those experiences are so magical anyway. And then to share it with your brother, it just makes it even more, more so. I think that moment kind of captures the sort of, we did it. Yeah. Like, that's, oh yeah. my God. Did you ever speak about it or not? Not in an arrogant way, but like, oh, how cool, you know, the old no. scenario. Like, we grew up loving rugby. So like, you know, that was our passion. So, you know, like any eight, nine, 10 year old, I want to be a rugby player. I want to be a rugby player. You know, like how many do that? Wonderful. You know, and then you realise it's not that quite simple. And then you mm. get a bit older and you think, wow, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who want to do this. What are you going to bring to the table that's different to, to someone else down the road and, and all that? But so the actual achievement of getting there, of course, we all wanted to get there. But when it actually becomes real and that moment for me was a moment of, oh, my God, we've actually achieved it. We've actually done it. We've done it side by side. It was absolutely class. And it's class to have seen that journey along the way. Mm. You know what I mean? And play against you and play with you. <laughs> Yes, Jim. Yes, of course. Jim. Yeah, I've got you. Played with you, hundred percent. I don't go back that far. I've got such bad memories because I was dragging plant pots through. <laughs> I, I've blanked it out. Do you know what I mean? There's certain things that I remember and choose to keep. To yeah, remember. no, no, you're fine, mate. The dungeon, mate. What a place. Well, that was it. It's a baptism of fire, isn't no it? No natural sunlight in that place. Was it called the dungeon? Yeah, so it was there called was, the dungeon. Was I, I think eventually it got called the dungeon. It wasn't called dungeon when I was no, there. No, it wasn't. It, I can't remember what it was called. It was the general... change room, wasn't it? Or something like that. Yeah. Sap. Yeah, where sap. we used to moan. Sap oh. change. Sappuccino. It was one of them. Because where... you're on top of each other, weren't we? You just weren't a lot of oh. room. Like your, your kit weren't. Like, we were just young lads, just lads in. But one it no great. Idea. But one it great. It was class. It I, was I, class. No windows. Yeah. No no window. Yeah. Oh, nothing. No airflow. Nothing was it? Yeah. Just. But it's genius, mate. Like, I remember the forwards did some scrummaging. They went in, and a couple of lads had left their boots, but they were in the international, the big dog change room. And I remember knocking, opening the door, and then someone forgot their boots. You know. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Lenny, get out! What are you doing in here? I didn't say you could come in. I was like, oh my God, I knocked. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, genius. I love it. And like people think, oh, that's crazy. You know, not crazy, but like people think, oh, that's a bit. And it wouldn't happen now because he's not allowed to do that, you know. Got to be know. nice to everyone. Well, you have to. Yeah, you got to be nice to everyone. And that, but then like the, that play sort of <laughs> teaches sort of like resilience and it teaches you, if anything, Leicester just teach you. Head down, ass up, mate. Yeah. Work hard. Mm. I, I speak I, when spoken to when you're a youngster and just work hard and you, you earn your respect by how you go about your trade. I think that stood me in well in my later things with off the field. I think that sort of hard nose edge that Leicester was then, like you, as you said, <laughs> speak when you're spoken to. Don't go in that change room. You know, I used to be afraid to like, if, if, if you were on the physio bed and one of the big doc, you'd get off. You'd be like, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah. You would be though, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd go, honestly, I'm off. You Turns know. out how many absolutely but actually, fine. Then you, had the, you had the fear of actually going on the physio bed because you didn't want to be seen as a young boy needing treatment, all this sort of stuff. It's the most weirdest thing ever, but my, I wouldn't change that for the world. 
No, it's real, isn't it? Like it's the, so the, the, real. The authenticity yeah, it, of what it yeah. was. Like it wasn't. People talk about cultures, and they yeah. talk. And I think now cultures are manufactured. Saracen's culture was manufactured to treat people incredibly nice yeah. and all these, yeah. and it was a wonderful to be a part of. But out of all the ones that I was in, the Leicester was the real one. It was just yeah. genuine. It was just, it was just it was what it was. So genuine, and you would have each other's back any, any opportunity. They wouldn't speak to you sometimes, but my God, if you're in trouble, they'd help you out. Like, do you know what I mean? It was all. <laughs> well, that was it. That like, was it. Yeah. You, you know, you may have said hello to him twice in the season, but like they'd have you back in a situation or whatever. Like, yeah. I remember when I played for Scotland, and all the lads in the change in the change room that we were in were like, "You've made it. You're international. Get out." So I weren't welcome in that changing room. Right. <laughs> I'm an international big dog, so I've gone to the new changing room. <laughs> And I've gone in there, and then next thing I've gone to get some physio, and all my bag, everything's been out. thrown out. They're yeah. like, Scotland doesn't count, mate. <laughs> yeah. They're like, 50 Scotland caps, you can knock on the door. Until that point, don't fucking ever knock on the door, you're not welcome. That be, might have been Martin Corrie, who is one of the players I've got the most respect for. Oh, one of the most respect for. He's, he was a phenomenon. Nails on him. How we're talking about that, the good times, lesson. there's been good times obviously since, but Tom, looking at your involvement with the highs and lows, taking over as the mm. captaincy... And there was a real point where the club was going down. It looked like the point of no return. Yeah, you know what was that like being in in that space as well? Horrible because you think it can't get any worse, and it does. You know, you're trying to pick it up, keep it going, but it was draining at times. And you always thought like it will get better, it will get better. It, it never quite did. So say you think, okay, now this season we've trained, done this, done this, we'll be better, and it didn't. And it just it just got to the point of. It's completely broken, really, wasn't it? For whatever reasons, I haven't really reflected on that side of things. You know, there's a lot of reasons there why. I think we won leagues and maybe things weren't correct then or semi-finals came all right. Oh, we made the semi. If we had Manu fit or this player fit, we would have won. There's no guarantee of that. And you're just standing still then. You're not getting better. And then clubs just accelerate past you. And if you don't keep going with it, then... That's what happened. Well, it's like the Man United thing, isn't it? Without drawing comparisons yeah, to football. Yeah, it is a bit, But it, yeah. when I was, from the outside looking in and being a Man United fan, back when they were winning things, I'm a Man City fan now, but, <laughs> but back when they were winning things, it felt like they just, Leicester just didn't evolve. Like they carried on in this old school, school way. Yeah. You know, Cockers yeah. was still there doing mm -hmm. his thing. There was a few changes, then Cockers was back doing his thing. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, this old school mentality, the game had just moved on so much and Leicester got left behind. I think mm. the game had moved on, but I also think people, you mm. know, like I said Some big earlier, like, you know, how, how, how that was for me as a youngster, you just couldn't do that now. And, and that's fine. Like, do you know what I mean? That's fine. So I think just the way that you, you deal with people and the way that people are. And I, I think when people come into the environment, they're not as resilient now as they pay, maybe were 10 years ago from the moment they walk in, you know? Um, well, life's more comfortable. It's now. just different, and that's fine. That's oh, fine because the environment and the way you coach and all that has to change with it. Because that's not going to change. That's not going to change. From my understanding now, as a senior player, I look at young lads and think they're all talented. They're all that. It's just different, and you have to adapt to that rather than be like, "Well, didn't do that." You know, maybe Coley says that still in the corner. <laughs> didn't do that in mind though, but you just can't be like that. Is Coley talking to me again or not? He ain't, is he? I don't know. Oh, he loves the wine, Jim. I'll tell you that now. Well, when really. he went, get out, did he? He didn't talk to you, did well, he? he? Didn't, well, to, to set the scene, so I came to <laughs> back saying. to Leicester Tigers to a documentary for Rugby Pass on the yeah. Academy. Yeah. Obviously, I'm back. You know, yeah. I'm back where it all began. Heroes, you know, welcome. As, as, as Roll well. out the red carpet. Yeah. I mean, we went to the, you know, put the plant pot back. I will tell you that. I had to go and put it back. <laughs> I've made it. But I went into training ground, and obviously, there's a nostalgia there for me. Saw some of the lads, but we were chatting, and we'll talk about this, Ben, because it's interesting us talking off air about the media and now having to have an opinion 
at that time, three years ago, Leicester, you guys were struggling. Oh, massive. So yeah. we're on the podcast, me and Goody, our old club, easy where we are looking down, yeah. need to do this, need to do that. And I think I made a comment saying, Coley looks fucked, he looks old. <laughs> now look at him, he still looks fucked, he looks old, but he's unbelievable. But he's unbelievable. He's still going. Weekend, yeah. And I turned up and he was like, I saw yourself, yeah. I saw you as well, Lenny, and Coley didn't, he didn't even, I was like, Coley, mate, it's your former, it's your ex- Captain, mate, it's your, you know, I brought you up. I, you know, I, I was basically pushing br- behind you. I fucking breastfed him, you know, basically <laughs> to get to that point. Come on, where are you? He didn't want it. No. When you look at that, and again, the media part to it, how, I mean, Tom, you ain't listened to it, mate. You, you, you're yeah. out as now as you ain't care. You don't care. Ben, London, you know, the media stuff, stuff that comes with the glitz and the glamour. That must have been an incredibly tough period because everyone is like, well, not just the club. Opinion. Coley's done. Ben's done. Mm. Fucking George Ford's not good enough. Yeah, yeah, and Ben, yeah. it's so easy. It's mm. so and like well, then we'll go to bed and you know we'll wake up on a Tuesday after doing a podcast. All the people who write put the pen down and that's it. It's gone. But how incredibly tough when you that deep rooted into a club to not hear that external noise. It's really difficult. I think you got to learn quite quickly as a youngster or any player. Like you know, if you go looking for stuff, you'll find it. Do you know what I mean? So if you want to go look and find something negative about yourself as a as a player or your performance or the team, like you'll find it easy. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to protect yourself. There's got to be an element of that. But I think for so many people, I think on paper, we had an unbelievable team still. Hmm. You know, you got 40 at 10, you got Tamua, you had Manu, you had Toulouse Vianu, Adam Thompson. You know, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, well, how are they where they are? Good pack as well. Sione Calamaphoni, like a hell of a back rower. All these guys, Brendan O'Connor, you know, list goes on, but we just weren't, for whatever reason, mate, we could not get the product out there on the field. And it wasn't through lack of effort. Like there was work going on on the pitch and stuff. And then I suppose when you've got that many big names and that steeped in history, you are there to be shot at. You are there to be shot down. And I think even like yourself and Goody, like you, you're associated with the club. Like you care about the club. And like you've played for other clubs as well. And you care about them. But, you know, you're probably watching it from the outside thinking, what's going on? Like what's going on? Goody, what's going on? You know, and he's thinking, well, what, you know, what's going on, Jim? Yeah, and it's and, easy to make a flip exactly. comment. But I think for us, it's just you can't control that stuff. You can't. I think you just have to accept that the sport is growing. It needs to grow. People need to talk about it. You just hope you come through the other side. And we all did. And we stayed up and season went all right last year and went for a challenge again this year. But I just think it's part of the industry now, mate. When you're in that period then, my personality, and maybe this is for the detriment of myself, I'll be like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Maybe not at Leicester. Maybe if I was at Leicester, it would have been different. But anywhere else, I would have been like, you know what, fuck this. I'm out. Do you know what I mean? The direction. Was there any... Hardest thing as captain that, Jim, I yeah. reckon. When it's all going wrong and you've got to come in and bring energy and you've got X amount going off the field as well. And I think I always did that every single day. But my God, that was hard at times because mm. it's all crumbling around. You've got boys who have not got contracts. Why do they really care? You probably were limited on numbers who had been there for a long time. I think the the way the, the, the team looked like with numbers of caps, the Tigers, was like us boys over 150. And then the closest one to that, I think, was Harry Wells and 40. You know, there was a huge gulf. There was no sort of middle ground where the academy had changed things and all this sort of stuff. And you had no of those sort of solid backup people on 100, 120 games for Tigers over the last six or seven seasons and, 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 and were, uh, you know, cemented in there and good people, good team people to 
make sure the second team or the uh, the non-starters trained and performed on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday when you really needed them to do. And it, it was that kind of rot was in there and it, it was bloody difficult at times. And were you having to convince yourself or did you deep down believe it or were you, I mean, it must have been, I just, you, must, just, you must have had the weight of the world on Yeah, you. I did. And I just convinced myself that it would get better. I said, it would just keep holding on. It will get better. It will get better. There was too many good players. Yeah, it was. For it not to yeah, get better. Yeah. The issue was we had also had so many international lads, mate. Yeah. So there'd be a way autumn six nations potentially summer tours come back season starts again those boys are straight in play 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 away again in the autumn you know your international quality and then potentially inexperience in key positions below that and it just i mean look there's lots of reasons but the the pleasing thing is mate is we had success we had a really crap time as tom says now it's been good you actually God, you appreciate it so much more. I yeah. do. Think, well, we did take it for granted because every every year we're in a final. Like yeah, for you, some, yeah. some people go through a career. Yeah, well, some people go through a career and don't actually get anywhere near a semi final or final. Like you did take, we did take it for granted. I think actually the whole Leicester board, everything took it f- for granted because you just thought we'd get there. Thirteen years on the on the trot of making a semi final Premiership. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually crazy, isn't yeah. it? When you really think, and then boom, you, you don't make it. Like, what point does it? Mm. you know yeah of course well the point was that yeah obviously last year where mm. it all came good and me and Goody were chatting about on the rugby pod when we're previewing the final and again the psyche says saracen's been there and done it and he put me on the spot and he was like mate like who do you want to win and i said at that moment i said saracen i said saracen's yeah. because i know more people there mm. you know the fact that i had such a good end to my career there and everything they've kind of been through as a team in the media and stuff like that I felt like I wanted them to come in and win it and mm. say fuck you to everyone effectively but actually as you lads were playing and it, the momentum was gathering I am out my seat and so you talk about the authenticity and deep rooted emotion and love for a place like, yeah. and when Freddie kicked the drop goal I'm telling you now I'm getting goosebumps now I, I was like nearly in tears and I was like you can't understand unless you've been in that environment and watching you lads mm. and watching, you know, the scenes afterwards. I know there's a load of different lads or whatever, mm. but that deep rooted authenticity that unless you've been there, unless you've done it, unless you unless you've wore the jersey and walked the walk and played at Welford Road, you can't explain. And that for me just showed actually how deep rooted I felt, felt to Leicester. Right, yeah. And then watching, you know, if we talk about the final and winning it. I don't think many, obviously you were top of the league for so long and you'd mm. found a game plan or whatever, but how does something get turned around? Like Borthwick comes in. Lenny, how's that turned around like that? Do you know what? It was done, it wasn't just that season, it was done also the season before. When you were getting we, hammered, weren't you? Yeah, well? we were. So we are playing on a Wednesday and a Saturday. We finished that year, didn't we, season? And then the season started literally three weeks later again. There was so much like foundations and fundamentals of our game put in place then. And although we were losing heavily on the, like everyone could see, I know where this is heading. Like mm. I know where this is going. You couldn't walk till you could crawl. And we were that first sort of city was all about understanding about the players we have. How do we play the game? How do we best utilize what we have? What are our strengths? How do we go about doing it? So it wasn't you know last year was a product of all the work that had been done prior in terms of when Steve come in. So yeah, it, it was amazing, mate. And the final was. You know, like you look at, you, you have certain moments, I don't know, and you just think, will it ever be that good? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. The situation with the, mm. the week that we'd had, the moment Freddie kicking it, the manner we did it with, you know, 30 seconds left or whatever, will it ever be as good as that? It's a bit like 2013 with the Lions. Mm. Like, 
was there with Tom, Crofty, Coley, Jeff, Manu, like all these lads from Tigers. And I think at Lions, I think, is it ever going to be as good as that? Like for me, you know, when I had the decision and stuff, and I like that was a that was one of the other things that like like it's never isn't for me it's never going to be as good as that because mm. who I was with, who I was doing it with, family will be in there and all that. It's another story, but the the fact is, it's yeah, the final I look at and just think, wow, what a moment! Like I is that the best moment I'll ever have in a club shirt? Who knows? But right now, it's it's hard to see past it being better than that because of everything that happened that season, that year, off the field, that week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Yeah, because when you, you were front and center involved mm. in that as well, and sometimes you can do the the John Terry thing. You look at people and it's like, oh, you know, there he is, John mm. Terry's up at the front or whatever, and he's given service to the club. But not just what you've been through personally, but I think every person to a man, woman, anyone watching that, were like, that's the right person to be yeah. involved in that. Like, how was that? And funny, Jim, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, he took yeah. some convincing. He didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it because I hadn't played. I hadn't played that season. I'm that kind of character. I'm like, well, I haven't done anything. And you boys, there's a few, you, Coley, Genji, went ballistic at me. And I look back now, I'm so, I think I'm so glad I went and did it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I was so glad I went and did it. But that moment, I was like, it wasn't due to what had happened or anything like that. I was just like, no, boys, this is all you. You've done all this. Nothing to do with me. I didn't want, want to do it. But I do look back now and think I'm so happy I did, did take the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And... With what we'd been through the lap two weeks period, which is all a bit of a blur to be fair, but 
that, that moment you lift it up. One, it was huge closure on my career, I felt, Jim, because I wasn't going to play one more game. And sometimes you don't get the opportunity to play one more game, but it was huge close on my career. And again, it lifted a huge cloud at that moment. And with family in, in the crowd watching, our children in the crowd watching, you know, it, it's very special. And it was, again, you do look back on your career at these magical moments. I didn't play a part in that season. I didn't, I did pre-season, but I didn't play a part. And I, I think I remember saying to Steve when he first came in, he said, what's your goal? And I said, if I can help Leicester get better by 1%, I will do everything I can to do that. That was my goal. It wasn't about, I wasn't really going to get ever, any better as a player because you're limited because you've got bad knees, bad shoulders, whatever. You can't do the weights. You can't you know, get fitter or better. You know, and it was just about that. And, and I, probably did play a part in that and then to lift the trophy with the lads a group of players in there who have been through hell at times to keep the club going and were still proud to put the shirt on it was, it was very magical and it was a very huge highlight yeah it was absolutely class to watch or just yeah. to reiterate that it just like normally as a fan of rugby myself now you know you watch the game or whatever and turn off but watching the scenes at the end it just felt real it felt right and authentic and in the middle of that, obviously, you've mentioned Borthwick. Obviously, Kevin Sinfield as mm. well. I'm sure he loves you, Tom. I imagine just <laughs> two similar characters, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Head down, get yeah. on with it. But you see him a bit on TV, you know what I mean? Mm. And, you know, without I don't know much about him as a coach. You know, Borthwick's been a lot of the brains. Obviously, Geordie put a lot of that team together mm. as well. Yeah, Jordan Murphy doesn't get the, maybe the credit what he does, the PT Sport guys. But yeah. you'll know what he's done for that club as well. Yeah. But Kev Sinfield seems to be like a guy who people just want to follow because of what he has done in his personal life for obviously his good mm. friend Rob Burrow and that's still mm. ongoing but it just feels like again it's a match made in heaven Leicester the history the authenticity it's more than the rugby mm. bring Kev Sinfield in it's more than rugby union he's new to the game yeah yeah he manages to galvanize a team mm. like that what's he like it's just got an aura mate I always think coaches like a salesman's a little bit they've, they've got to pitch their idea at you and you've got to buy into them, you? So you need to leave that room as a good coach. You need to leave that room having got 23 people absolutely believing in what you're going to Sold. do. Sold. Sold. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Kev, mate. Kev could tell us, right, from set piece, you're all going to turn your back on the opposition, right? And you can run backwards, turn around last minute and try and say, you'd be like, brilliant. I'll do it, Kev. <laughs> do you know why? Because you said it, so therefore I'll do it, yeah. mate. Ridiculous. But, like, <laughs> he just has that aura, mate. You just, you don't want to let him down. You want to play for him. He's got a great... Very Energy modest man. Very modest, modest, very quiet, speaks, speaks. He'd be eight about eight doesn't feel, talking to him, wouldn't he? Does, yeah, he does. He would, yeah. He, he doesn't feel noise. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't feel, no, you know, he says what needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. He's really convincing in it. And you just want to play for him. Don't want to let him down, mate. And whatever he says, you're like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. He was learning, wasn't he? He, he was, was learning. Backfield, all this sort of stuff. But he, he was doing it, wasn't yeah, he? Was like, he wasn't scared to, again, like these sort of people... They're not scared to ask a question either. That's, a, that's a, you know, do you think they know everything? They're, they're, they're clearly like, no, I don't know everything. I want to learn. I want to know everything, but I'm not afraid to ask questions and, and get my mind around it all and stuff. Yeah, such a magical bloke. Eddie Jones, talking of magical, you must, Lenny, have a great relationship with him. And I say that because he's backed you, obviously, when yeah. things weren't great at Leicester. He seems like a person in the media that divides opinion. I'm one of them. Sometimes I'm like, I love this bloke. Other times I think this bloke's an idiot. But everything you hear about him, and I was chatting to, just bear with me on this, I was chatting to Deeks about Borthers, and he said he's all about the players, but with the coaches, he rides them hard. And that got me thinking. I was like, well, that seems to be potentially what Eddie is like. He's tough on the coaches. He demands absolute excellence. But where Eddie might have it right is being able to manage players and have a relationship and do it his way. And that actually, you've got to have a huge amount of respect 
four, and I like that. I mean, you're obviously not going to say he's an idiot. We've got a World Cup around the corner. But no, generally, <laughs> no, no, like, he, he seems to be very good for you. Absolutely. I think I've probably played some of my best rugby under Eddie, really. His knowledge of the game, you know, he could watch a game now and he could break down the, the points of how, you know, their vulnerabilities, your opportunities against them within half an hour. His, his rugby knowledge is incredible. And then he's unbelievable at then getting that across to the players. Like I said, as, as, so I suppose like a salesman, he's unbelievable at it. Uh, but then he has a very good... Like we work hard at England, we train hard. Of course we do. Everyone does. But when it's downtime, he's also can be very personal. You know, he always asks how my son is, how's Boris, you know, how's your wife Charlotte? You know, all just little stuff. And, you know, for him, it's probably just a easy throwaway. You know, how's Boris been, right? Is you Boris know? your son? Yeah, yeah. After Boris Stankovic or not? After Stanko, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> Love that. That's and, commitment. And, Boris uh, Stankovic, big shout out, former scrum coach <laughs> at Leicester. Is it after him or not? No. Oh, but, I'm going to um, say this. But... Uh, <laughs> But j j just like little things like that, just personal skills, mate, that for him probably, you know, it's no effort, but it for, for me or for other players, it goes such a long way, you know. But like I say, his rugby knowledge is incredible. He sets the, the benchmark. He sets the mark in terms of going about, trying to develop, trying to get better, trying to learn new information, have the humility to absorb new information. We've always got people coming in, observing, and, and as players, you know, like, he's brilliant, mate. So, you know, I, I'm sure I speak on behalf of a load of lads. Because my interaction with Eddie have always been very, very enjoyable. Well, it's generally the consensus when you speak to lads. Mm. You get a gauge, don't you? Of course, there'll be a couple that don't like him who've been dropped or whatever. Yeah. But the mass consensus is that the bloke's a fucking good bloke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you can only go based on that, whether or not they've been dropped or rotated yeah. out or rested or completely gone. That seems to be... And one thing I did like about him was... When he came in after the World Cup, and there was obviously all the issues around the 2015 World Cup, the profile around that, is he didn't just get rid of a load of lads. He could have come in. I know he did a few, but he gave guys like Dylan and Rob Shaw, he gave them the decency okay, to play yeah. out a little bit. Let it play out a little bit. Let's see where it goes, and we'll kind of, you know, we'll move you along when the time's right, but not now. And I thought, you know what, that's quite honourable to come in and do that as a, as a head coach. And what about the media surrounding it? Because it... Like and again, I don't know whether this is just an English thing. There's a little bit in Scotland, but obviously not as high profile because all that matters for Scotland is beating England. That's all that mattered. <laughs> but as an internationalist, there where you know people expect you to win the World Cup or winning the Six Nations, you can't go through transition. You've got to be the best team or the top best three teams in the world. Is it harder at that level or club level? You know, when the internationals are on and you know your frontline player, highest capped men's I think, player. I think expectation is always higher at international level. I think. Of course, club is, is, is you know club is such a long stint. It's a long old season. Where internationally, you've got these small pockets of windows, and you know for the autumn, for instance, you know you've got two weeks leading up to the first test, which essentially gives you five training sessions till you play a test match. So time is paramount, and getting together as quick as possible, getting the knowledge and all that. So international is always more intense. There's more things riding on, it and all those little bits, mate, because you, you, you've got a small window to gel, get together, knowledge, improve, and put it all out there. So. I think it'll always be like that internationally. We'll always be more microscope, media attention, pressure, all those bits, mate. And do you like? Are you happy with? Do you like the media in part of part of that in terms of the way that they go about it, or or not? Like it must be. Do you know what I mean? Because we were, I yeah, think we were talking, um, but there's this whole thing around at the minute. And me and Flats, he was sat in your chair, Lenny, and we were talking about the interaction with the media, the players, help growing the game, like content, the storytelling around that. And I just think it's a difficult one because. You know, the old school part of opening a newspaper and you're getting scored fucking three. Well, I used to get scored three out of tens, you know, playing internationals. 
and then trying to engage with that. Do you know what I mean? While you're not winning mm. and all these different things. Like as a, I was going to say, as a young man, you're young compared to me, but as a, a guy that's got the most experience in that England team, how hard is it? I mean, we spoke to you on the podcast with the, you know, and you were engaging with us, and it's great. Yeah. How difficult is it to give yourself and to kind of be upbeat and happy, and not that you are, but cocky and and you know, like Genji, maybe throw the f bomb around, and then not perform at the weekend, but want to do it again, or and then perform and win the Six Nations. The highs and lows of being involved in them interactions with the media. It's just part of the job, isn't it? Those interactions, and I think you you know you have a responsibility as a player to share information and you know chat to them whether you win, lose, draw, whatever, or you've performed or you haven't. You know, you, it comes part of the job. It's part of it. Like the only the one time I got it wrong was that South Africa we played South Africa second test. What happened? Yeah, yeah. I was so like irate. We'd lost the first test and we'd we'd we're up by like twenty odd points I think in Johannesburg and then we end up losing. Mad game. Second game, sort of similar thing happened. And like, I got a tap on the shoulder. Team manager was like, You got an interview now. I was like, What? And they're like, Now. I was like, So I ran over. And with Sonia? No, oh, it was with Gail. Mm. And she's lovely, like, lovely, 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 lovely woman. And um, never had a problem or anything. And I've never had a problem with anyone. But you know, when like, so we talk about, oh, I want players to be raw and show their emotions and do all that. And you're out there to win, mate. You ain't out there for any other reason to compete, win, you represent your country. It means everything to you. So if you don't get what you want, it hurts. And sometimes those emotions, like you can't, where do you put them? Do you know what I mean? Well, there's not, exactly. That's so, part, you're that's a young so, man. Like, exactly. Yeah, my point is, like that's, that's the one time, that's the one time I've got it real wrong and I put my hand up, you know. But other than that, my interaction with me is I've always just tried to, you know, like I say, I've always tried to see it as part of the job. It's part of the moment. And then the biggest lessons there is just get your emotions intact before you, before you go under the mic. Which, which is difficult though, Jim, isn't it? And, and, and also I do find that sometimes they want to try and push you on that. Do you know what I mean? They want that, that, that rawness. But then when you do the rawness, you then get shot down for it. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult balance that I think at times, I think that sometimes gets wrong. They almost want you, when you're sort of really down about something, you've lost a day game or just lost, they want to poke you too much, I think at times. And it's easy for them because they've, they've got no real emotion to it. They haven't worked all week or worked all season, you know, to to for that opportunity. And I think they want to. Sometimes they get it wrong, and that's the bit I don't like. Now, as a person who's retired, I don't like that. I don't think you should. Don't push the envelope in that one section moment there of where it's so raw for a person who's trying to computerize the the what's just happened and stuff like that. And then, if he gets it wrong, you know what I mean. I I don't think they should then get ridiculed for it which I think is what happens now a little bit too much yeah, exactly. it's like players have a responsibility to grow the game yeah. don't we Jim like we do mm. you know player appearance and all that we have a responsibility to grow engagement to grow the game and I think also media do have a responsibility to get engagement make the game seem exciting even if it's not like whatever but there is an element of that as well like we want rugby to last you know not just next 10 years 20 years 30 years especially with everything that's going on you know which I think you spoke to with Dave last week Flats you know you want rugby to last but you also want people to be engaged in it and, and like it so I think there's a responsibility from a player's point of view absolutely first and foremost but I think there's also a responsibility at times for media to try and promote the game and maybe jazz it up a bit sometimes even if it ain't that good that's what we're trying to do and that's what you're doing Jim that's what we're trying to do absolutely one lad who's doing that at the minute is Ellis Genge yeah. now when he left Leicester I was like that's a bit weird mm. even though I know his backstory captain obviously won the Prem, everything yeah. that's happened in the background. But having watched him, and we're recording after the first game of the season, yeah, after the way that he played for Bristol's and the emotion, 
that he showed in that game, you're like, you know what, I kind of get it. And he's one of these characters that understands, I think, without speaking for him, we're going to do a podcast, we're, we're going to chat. But Youngsy, he'd be like a player, well, both of you, so the Youngsies, like he'd be a player that probably branches about, like across both your hearts, really. The way that he plays, Tom, yeah. like yourself, the physicality. I, I, I reckon he knows Banksy, so I imagine he likes London as well, Lenny. Do you know what I mean? So he's a player. He's brilliant. Mate. He's brilliant. He's Tom, with bloke. you, like you would have played yeah, he's next a to bloke. him. And like when when he came to Leicester, God, he was a rough diamond, you know. And he was so raw, mate, and, and so angry and bits and bobs. And you know, he always he always say. I remember reading something. He said something that I never liked him when he first turned up, and that's a lie. I thought he was brilliant. I just had to ride him fairly hard to get him to to help him to fulfil some of his talent do you know what I mean because there was so much raw and you don't get people like that no, you've you got that C-U-N-T I'd say you know that little bit about them you're like bloody hell mate you want that you need that to be successful and the way you play and yeah so like I've got massive respect for Ellis and the, the character he's become the player he's become the bloke he's become you know and as you say at the weekend he was unbelievable it's so good to see him yeah, he just loves his rugby doesn't he loves that physicality that aggression and such a good man off the field as well I'm really proud of Genge like mm, as Tom I said when he well. first turned up like no one really knew too much about him mm. he was really raw diamond like lads could see like like this guy so explosive so powerful he's got that bit about him where he might, he might mm. lose the plot which is great because you need that uh, abrasiveness. It took a while to work out how do you get the best out of Genji because yeah. I think a lot of the time... Because even when you praised him, he would probably think react criticism. to criticism a little bit at times. Mm. But no, man, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, well done. Or something but like I that. look at Genji and like, it sounds corny as hell, but I, I, he literally arrived a boy, left a man, mate. Yeah. And I look at Genji and Genji's like 25, 26, quite a bit younger than us. Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? But I don't look at him like, I look at him like he's 35 and, and done it all and mm. like got all that experience. Like, I'm I'm really proud of him. I'm really proud. And do you know what? The weekend's brilliant because he played so well. You know, it shows to me that that was the right call for him to yeah. do that. So good on him, mate. He's a great bloke. He is a great, great bloke. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, again, we talk about the authenticity. I think what you get with him is real. I watched his interview with Joe Joyce after the game and there, there might have been an F-bomb or whatever. It's edgy. Mm. It's him. And you look at American sports and the athletes are allowed to be who they are. Yeah. They, they, you know, he's not media trained. He comes from where he comes from, mm. his background. Uh, but he delivers on the pitch, but he's also receptive. And I think, you know, you mentioned, I forgot about that interaction that you had in South Africa. I think now mm. you may be allowed to do that. I think times are changing. You know, if Genji mm. comes off and he's like, oh, you know, Joe Marler's similar. Like mm. he, he speaks similarly down there. I think it's important to be able to show the person behind the athlete because, you know, the more I think about it and the more people I speak to about where the game is now, we play one of the best sports, one of the toughest sports on this planet ever. You think about what we've had to do to get where yeah. we get, what we did week in, week out, Lenny, what you still do. It ain't nothing like that out there. It's fucking crazy, mm. you know? And part of that is you look at the characters in there, you know, all shapes and sizes. We all speak about that, all walks of life. You know, we're seeing that more. The mix of people, it's just mental. And I love how... And with everyone's talking about Genji at the minute and there'll be more. And there was a lot of weight put on Marrow's shoulders about him trying to take the game forward. And yeah. he might not want to do that. Faz doesn't want to do that. Owen doesn't want to do that. And that's fine. And we're learning now. I'm learning that, no, Owen doesn't need to do that. Yeah. You know, but Genji seems like he does want to do that. And let's fucking roll with it. Do you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Let mate. him do it. Let him go. We can't make someone be someone they're not, you know? You're Same. only going to starve them, aren't you? You're only going to yeah. make them worse for that. You've got so, to let him, let him be him because he does it bloody well. No one's better at being Genji than Genji. So let him be it. <laughs> 
what would Borthers have been like if there was a tap and go there and he didn't score if he was playing for Leicester there? And I say that because there's a certain type <laughs> of game plan at the minute that is consuming the Gallagher Premiership, mm. which is kickers and balls. Yes. Uh, something that we spoke about off air, Ben. Yeah. Like, what's going on at the minute apart from you've set a blueprint it's your fault at Leicester because you set a blueprint last season uh, on kicking the ball and winning prems do you know what Jim like the, a lot of the stats is that you know you, if you kick the ball a lot you have a good chance of winning it I think defences are so well drilled mate there isn't that much space it's hard to get momentum once you've got momentum you've got people trying to nick it over the top of the breakdowns and all that the other thing as well is you know for instance one of the incentives this this year from the refs is to make sure that we don't come in from the side. So players carried it in, we've got to come through the gate. That's always been the rule. Always got to come through the gate, right? But it ain't that easy. You know, if someone's at the bottom of the ruck and they're rolling away or whatever, you know, jumping over them, trying to clean, bearing in mind, not forgetting the bloke over the ball is being conditioned to be unbelievable in that position and very hard to shift. So you've got all that. Yes, there's an element of safety because you don't want people coming to the side and knees and all that, of course. But then that rule, because it's been heightened, it's always been there, but now they're looking for it even more so yet again, the attacking team is punished. Is punished. All the rules favour the D. So for instance, right, we want a pen, right? You got over the ball. You want to. You want to. You want a jackal. It, it does happen. <laughs> You're guilty of it, right? I kick for touch. Don't know what's happened. Someone's got cramp, right? We go in the corner. Maul and brawl. You lads are in there. You uh, get sacked. Couple of pick and goes. Held up over line, right? So you've done unbelievably well to get in the 22. You've then been held up over the line, right? So. Do we favour the attack? No. I'll tell you what, give it to the defence and let them lump it 60 metres with a goal line dropout. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's interesting. Do you know you're, I mean? you're in it. Yeah, I do yeah. know what you mean. So, yeah. like, you've worked hard to get there to attack and they go, well, we want more tries, we want more attack. All right, well, we got there, we got over the line, we got held up, unfortunate. Used to be five metre scrum, so there's a good chance you probably will score, you know, if you get the ball out. No, 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 no. Don't like that rule, actually. I'll tell you what, give it to D, let him stand in the middle and let him lump it 60 metres and then start again. It's madness, mate. Yeah. Yes, I'm a professional rugby player, but I'm also a rugby fan, mate. I love rugby. I've got a, that's my passion. I'm in it, so therefore I really feel the frustrations being in it. So you're saying that basically the laws and the rules need to go back to going feet first into breakdowns to well, clear these fuckers oh, out. Not, 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 not quite like that. But what I'm saying is there needs to be, I think it's gone too far the other way in terms of how much it favours defence, mate. And what else would you do then? So, I mean, people will listen to that. Do you, can you relate to that? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, 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 I don't like the hell. I, I don't mind the held up one, whether, you know, maybe if uh, there's a pick and go, pick and go, pick and All go. Right, if you're held up, go. mate, right, you've got to have a quick, you have a short arm, five yeah. metres out, right? You can't scrum. You've got to, you've got to go quick. You know. Oh, don't say that to flats. But, don't say that. But, I said that to I mean? flats yeah, and he, like, he won't have it. Speed up the game, mate. Absolutely. How do you create more space? You need to create fatigue into the game. You can't get fatigue in the game. One thing that flats mentioned line outs, held ups. All this stuff, mate, TMOs. There's no fatigue in the game, so there's no space. Very true. Well, maybe we are going down <laughs> like, the road. Do don't get me started. No, like, I like, want to get you started. I, mean, like... I want to get you started because me don't and Flats went down this, trouble, but... this line of problem. Like we When I pro- retire, I'll come back on and really... No, definitely, you can open up. <laughs> well, actually, you've opened up more I'll really, now. You've I'll really got, tell you about the rules. You've not got the rose on your chest. You've got, oh, that's all saints. <laughs> that's all saints, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so edgy. Oh, you got no. Well, you got all saints oh, as I well. Have, mate, yeah. You have. But me and Flats were in here, and like he obviously talks a lot, and he speaks incredibly well. And we're trying to work out right. So how do you speed up the game? Yeah. And he made a, a, an interesting point around no substitutes. And I said in my, you know, my, and he used Coley as the analogy because he was like, you know, Coley can churn out 70, yeah. 80 minute performances. I'm like, but arguably. 
Guys like Fraser Balmain, not that he can't play 80. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Or yeah. Petrus, even if I played 80 minutes, you know, back in the day, it becomes dangerous, like, doing that. Absolutely. But I think Jim. people are looking... It creates space for others. Well, it does create space, but you may look like a fucking idiot as well. <laughs> but is there anything else, Ben? Because I think you're in a well... I think you're in a privileged position to be able to talk about because you're currently playing, you've got a voice, and yeah. players might not say what they think and in that. And I think it is interesting that... The big gym show has given you the platform. Platform to get my, my views well, out there. They could be not changing. That, they ain't going to change, mate. Oh, they ain't I think change. they might. They but might. But like, even even for instance, um, you know scrums, right? So you have your scrums. I, I'm a, I like scrums. Leicester, mate. We love scrums. And yeah. your brothers was we love yeah. scrums. living in them. So get scrums, right? And they say, right, want to get the ball out of scrums. No problems, right? So why do you let the nine stand between next to the eight at the back of the scrum so the nine can't pass the ball out? I don't even know who stands there. <laughs> right, some night, like Faf, Faf's a perfect example. Brilliant at it, right? You, well, you mean to play away because the likelihood yeah. is you could knock it on, it could be another scrum, so it's going to be slower. Well, just what I'm saying is I'm trying to pass out and then your nine's there, so you can't pass to your ten because mm. the bloke's in the way. How hard is it not to punch someone if they do? You know but what no, I mean? My point is, is my point is, is like defence again, they're trying to shut down because they don't want you to get the ball out and be vulnerable because it's hard to defend. I get that. But like, can't we just favour the attack a bit? Mm. And then I think games will be a little bit more expansive games will be a little bit more entertaining then you get the engagement then the profile gets bigger you get young kids playing boys and girls and rugby becomes how we all want it to be which is to continue to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger you've missed a few steps though because the game becomes quicker it opens up around the bodyguard it does mate <laughs> and little lenny starts running around that gap there but jim no it becomes there. entertaining doesn't it mate? it does it absolutely does, i know? think yeah and even t you know the tmos again like you know, they are important. They are. But, like, we just need to create a bit of fatigue, a bit of flow to the game, a bit of yeah. rhythm. We got a Simbin at the weekend with Fred. We had a good attacking area, right? But we're back down, 10 down, not much space. I just grubber it, grubber it into the goal line because I know we can drop it down, which means there's a goal line dropout, which means it's going to take a minute off the clock. My job is to be professional and win games, yeah. and that's what I'm paid to do, and therefore I have to be tactically smart and do that. But is that entertaining? Is that helping well, the game? I, I watched the game. It wasn't exactly, that entertaining. Mate. It's like, not, it, though, is it? It, it wasn't, no. And it's, it is not, difficult it's not. Yeah. But equally, I have a job to manage that 10 minutes and try and waste a minute so that I can get Fred back on the field. So, it, look, we'll be here all day slick. But my point is, it's yeah, just, yeah, I just absolutely. think there's, there's room for the game to really sort of get a hold of it now and try and favour more attack. How do you make it? How do you change it a little bit? Is there anything else you do? Would you do what Flat said and drop substitutes? Which is interesting to hear because, you know, it could. Who I knows? Think, no, because be I the think there's safety, mate. And, like, you know, the, the, you need that. In, you know, like, how good is it when I you see... I think it's an easy option, that one, isn't it? Like, to say, we we'll drop substitutes. And I, don't boys, think it's, yeah, I just don't, I don't know, know if that one. would maybe limit the substitute. I don't know, Jim. Or yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. Like, how entertaining, right? You're sitting in the stands having a pint, right? And there's the next Henry Tuolangi, right? And you know that he gets rolled out with 25 minutes to go. The cheer Yeah, this massive... Larger than life character, big man, crowd favourite, boom, they roll him out, you know, 55 minutes, on he comes, the whole crowd, here he goes. Can't wait, you know, like Genji when he's, yeah, when he's back off a kick return, you know, someone, can, you know, pops it to him. We used to have Logo Milipola. Like the crowd, like, brilliant. And the lads have been on their eight. So, like, the substitution, like yeah, but again, like, you know, you wouldn't, you then wouldn't get that and... You know, you've got concussions, you've got all that. You, you need you need subs. Mate. Well, that's the thing, isn't you it? Need because, subs. You know, but there's yeah. a safety element with all this, which we're not going to go down that rabbit hole because we have got a bloody testimonial. Sorry, I, I feel like I've gone down the rabbit hole. No, there that's with great. My, with well, this is going to go mate, viral. But, yeah. mate, we had Luke Pierce there. Luke Pierce, he, he went viral. We'll say he was really engaging. Yeah. Quite, you know, quality bloke to have on and, and talk about it. But they only ref what they what they can do. Do you know what I mean? But I just think there's a, it's getting to the point where 
we've gone so far the other way that well I'm glad you're talking about it now because if I was playing back then I'd be in hell like literally I'd be like slow the game down scrum to the cow shed mate you'd be back. fine at the moment mate low ball in play games, no. Tim, Tim, mate, you're like three or four minutes sometimes get your like, breath back mate sometimes they're going back and there's this well Luke yeah. mentioned it yeah. so get it's... back listen to the big gym show with yeah. Luke Pierce because he well, said that's the biggest fix for it them is, it is speeding totally, the game and the up. way they've they have to like go through the whole thing and yeah absolutely we'll talk about it over 15 beers responsibly tonight just again your your testimonial year people listening to ben and tom young's just give them a snapshot tom you'll be over all over social you're on tiktok as well aren't you to get the promo out there i've locked myself out of my instagram account for about nine months now i can't get back on it there's not a lot hey there's not a lot no no twitter yeah he wouldn't have had any messages would he mate you know just checking if he's all right um but what's happening this year? So this is the start of what's start going to be drilling a, wheat a next great. Week, Jim. Is that what is it? Drilling wheat next week. I can't have wheat. Yeah. Are you talking <laughs> about this? Are you talking about the no, testimonial year? Yeah. 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 What's we're happening? Just, we're just doing this one dinner, mate. No. What do you mean? It's just one night only. Well, well I tell you what. Jim. If it goes well, Jim, maybe we'll do another small one. Yeah. But, but, yeah. Yeah. but no, just one night, mate. And it's been three years in the making, and our committee has been amazing. Adrian yeah. Lott, what a chair. chair. Yeah. Let's give him a shout out. Oh, legend. And who are you supporting? And Claire from Legends. You know, Legends team, unbelievable. Some good people out there, aren't there? Mate. Genuine, just incredible. Yeah. Like, above and beyond. Like so, huge thanks to them. My charity, chosen charity, is Motor Neurons Disease MMD Association. My brother-in-law passed away with that. Yeah, Slate's uh, mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, so cousin, cousin as well. It's our cousin basically. Your yeah. first cousin as well. So um, a set of cousins married a set of sisters. Um, so yeah, <laughs> he was fine, cousin and Norfolk. Norfolk. I just don't want people thinking. <laughs> but um, so that's that, which is a bloody awful disease and mm. obviously it's it's you know rugby community very aware of it because of doddy rob and of course now ed so ed, yeah. that's who i'm supporting it's a it's a horrible horrible disease and seeing it firsthand and and what it does and the sooner we find a cure as everyone keeps keeps saying the better mate mm. and uh blood boys blood cancer uk is one i'm supporting because obviously tiffany died with blood cancer so that's my one which to fair we've over the years now, I think we're nearly up to 100,000 we've raised for them now in Tiff's name of Charlotte doing marathons over uh, Will Finley. There's Will loads Finley of people. Incredible, in. yeah. So that's quite nice. So hopefully we'll um, be able to top that up t- tonight. Yeah, well, class. There are some good people out there in yeah. the rugby community and I'm sat here with two of the fucking very best. And I mean <laughs> cheers, that, cheers, honestly. Cheers, we go back a long way. Oh, two Leicester it. legends, England legends, British and Irish legends. And to be able to share the studio and spitball that, we could have gone on all day. Yeah. So we'll do it again sometime soon. We'll save it for an all day, mate. Yeah, we're oh, then, yeah. we'll come, then we'll come in with slippers, and we'll actually talk about what that plant pot really was. Was it a plant pot? Was it a plant pot? Or it not? was a plant pot. Oh, I was it now. I kicked a hand dryer off the wall. I think. Oh, that's you, good honesty. Yeah. Good honesty. Yeah. What about you? Was it your twenty first? It was mayhem in calf. Yeah, everyone yeah. had to wear Burberry. Oh, was it? Was it? Everyone had to wear Burberry. But also, wasn't it? It was your uncle going to the toilet, and someone ripped down the door, well, and he just sat not there. someone. It was Luke Abraham. So <laughs> he's in the toilet, and everyone's shouting, "You what? You what?" <laughs> You, you what, you what, you what, you can, you can. <laughs> so my uncle David's having a shit on the toilet. Next thing, the fucking cubicles gets ripped down. He gets up, front wipe, just walks out. As that happens, someone's, well, not someone, Michael Olford has ripped the radio oh. off the wall. Flooded. Oh, I had to go to court for that in court. Oh, no yeah, doubt. I knew, that, I knew it got flooded, I remember, yeah. S- small claims court. Anyway, we'll, t- wait, we'll keep this hey, off What a story, you know what I mean? I keep that one. That's, more. Uh, you can go into there that another time. Bring out a book as well, bring out a book. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, next Christmas it's going to come out, and there's some unbelievable oh, there's stories, some stories about Ryan Young's as well. Young Scrumar from Leicester back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lads. See you, Jim. Cheers, mate. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. 
My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 